You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And I just, <laughs> before we start today, I just realized that we forgot to talk about Power Rangers last time. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention it at all, which is kind of important. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the there's a part in the last chapter where uh, they all argue about what colors they want to be because they're defenders of the, they're the part of the school defense force. Which is a reference to, um, in, I guess in North America we call it Power Rangers, <laughs> but it's actually, um, it's from the Super Sentai series, which is a long-running series, as it turns out. Did you know that it's been running since the 70s? I had no idea. Uh, I like... knew it was running for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assumed it was running for at least longer than the 90s, but I didn't realize it went all the way back to the 70s. Yeah. Well, even just the Power Rangers form has been running for a long time, because they're still making since that, the 90s. I believe. <laughs> Different. It has. They're still making some form of Power Rangers. Yeah, I guess. Not counting um, that movie that just came out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wasn't that like a remake? I don't even know. I googled. I had to Google Power Rangers because I forgot everything some kind about of it. Reboot thing. But I guess Go like Power Rangers. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, if you weren't a child growing up in the '90s, I don't know how popular Power Rangers is today, actually. But if you weren't a child growing up in the like mm-hmm. early '90s and north america i guess and or japan then you probably maybe you don't know about power rangers i don't know but kakiru's <laughs> reference to them all choosing colors is related to the power rangers or whatever super sentai and i, I also looked at the um like plot for super sentai and i was like i don't whatever i don't know any of this anymore i don't remember any of the power rangers plot either actually but no <laughs> it's kind of convoluted it's basically like a sci-fi series where teens have powers and they have the ability to fight the forces of evil and the powers include being able to use special weapons and also like use special mech and like fight as a team and as they combine and... into a bigger mech yes <laughs> sometimes they get upgraded into better mech <laughs> sometimes they're dinosaurs <laughs> i think all the ones in the original power rangers were dinosaurs except i think mm-hmm. one was a tiger like a saber-toothed tiger and then a mammoth yeah that seems right <laughs> Basically, the, the, all of the different, uh, like, Super Sentai warriors, they, I guess they have different names depending on the series, but they all usually have, like, an assigned color that they wear in their, like, kind of regular everyday lives, and then also as their, like, suit that they use when they fight the forces of evil. So, the leader is always red, and then black is the second in command, so Kakeru wants to be black, that's why he demands to be black, and that's why Yuki is red. And then there's other characters, so Kimi picks pink. There's also usually yellow, which is why uh, Machi is yellow. And then I I was like, yeah. I wonder what color that would make now after. And I looked it up and it's blue. blue. Green. Yes. <laughs> I guess, well, the, in the in the version of Power Rangers or like Super Sentai that was basically... Also, if you've never seen Power Rangers, you should definitely watch it because of the, the weird quality alone of the fact that all the scenes where they're wearing the Power Rangers suits are taken out of the original Japanese show and just like dubbed. Mm-hmm. And then it was like cut in with like acting of of like people in in North America it takes place in like California so they basically like take the series and like the plot isn't super similar it's like yeah they just take parts of it and like license it and then cut it in it's really weird it's very strange it's kind of an interesting franchise um actually just from that respect alone but yeah, it's kind of delightfully absurd, so it's worth experiencing. It's like, and I tried to look at, like I was saying, like I don't remember the plot at all. Obviously, I mean, if this was a thing that people loved when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like I had um one of the like at least one of the mechs as a toy, maybe two of them. 
and we had like Power Rangers toys and like Power Rangers costumes. But I like, I guess it's so ridiculous that children can follow it, but adults can't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could follow it if I watched it, but I don't remember the plot. Anyway, it's a kind of ridiculous like sci-fi mech fighting series and it's pretty great. But the most important thing is that they fight the forces of evil. <laughs> and thus, it's also mostly important that Kakuri is a huge nerd about it. So yeah. <laughs> I just and wanted to make sure red. that we, and the leader is red. I just wanted to make sure that we covered that because I, I realized we completely didn't talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. If, I'm sure that people know about it because it's clearly been around in North America for a long time, but I just didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we usually talk about these things and we didn't. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about it. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to do our summary discussion and spoiler discussion of chapter 74 and 75 today. As we do. As we do. Chapter 74 opens with a memory of Momiji's. His father tells him that he can't take lessons with the same violin teacher anymore because Momo, his sister, wants to learn how to play too. Momo's already curious about you, his father says, looking out of a window. Either I can't tell if it's shamefully or just... He looks like he's kind of standing by the window and moving the curtain. Like he doesn't want to look at Momiji or he's like looking to see if anyone sees him there. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't want to be Seen caught there. there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But so yeah. he's, he stands purposely off to the side by the window and looks out the window. He says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Momiji. And Momiji looks down and smiles a wry smile. Then we see this narration as we transition to the next part of the chapter. It says, why? I wonder why. And transition to outside of the Soma main house gate. Toru stands outside and looks hesitantly at the gate door. In the end, I came to the Soma state. And now I attack, she thinks, thrusting her pointer finger forward out toward the intercom at the gate. And then she starts to sweat. My, my courage, she thinks, as her heart pounds and she lowers her hand. And then she decides to walk around to calm her nerves and regain her chutzpah. <laughs> chutzpah. Chutzpah. You'll notice that in my notes it's spelled correctly with C-H. <laughs> I was explaining to Mike that you have to ha when you say Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he didn't remember the Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're probably wondering why I came here today, Toru narrates. It all started yesterday, and then we have a flashback to yesterday at school. Uo and Hana and Toru talk, and Toru, it turns out, just found out that Uo got new part-time jobs at different places than before. I know what you're thinking, Uo says. I'll lose my chance to meet him again, but I've had enough. She explains that every time someone comes into the store, she would get ex- her hopes up that it would be the convenience store man but then we'd get depressed when it wasn't him. World's worst superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Convenience store man. <laughs> Crayon's a pretty bad superhero. <laughs> Feeling like that, she said, it's not me. I guess I'm just tired of abusing myself. Tori doesn't reply, and Hana is like, well, if you at least knew his name, then Uo's like, huh, didn't I tell you his name is Kareno-san? And Tori's eyes widen as she remembers meeting Kareno at the beach house. Kareno-san? From the Soma family? She asks. To, and to Uo and Hana's surprise. You know him? Uo asked, shocked. Did you say Soma? No way. Like Kyo? What was he like? Where'd you meet him? What color were his hair and his eyes? And Toru explains that she met him at the summer house and that he had pretty brown hair and eyes and seemed very calm and cool. Uo was like, that's a different guy. Kurosan <laughs> was totally spacey. He wouldn't notice if he stepped in dog crap. <laughs> because he's the worst superhero ever. <laughs> Toru says it could be him and that she might have judged him poorly. And Uo, who's dismayed looking, says to forget it. And then she smiles a reassuring smile and adds, It's okay. It's a different guy. I'm sure of it. Besides, I've decided not to worry about it anymore. Sorry for complaining. Thanks. Later in the day, Toru asks Kyo about Kureno. Kyo explains that he doesn't know Kureno very well and hasn't spoken to him, of course. 
and that he's Akito's personal assistant or something. <laughs> he doesn't go out in public and hardly associates with the other Junichi. <laughs> you laughing at my my non Kyo impression, my Kyo paraphrasing. <laughs> I'm laughing at the idea of Akito with a personal assistant. <laughs> I don't. What does he need a personal assistant for? Like, I have questions. <laughs> The questions that never get answered, so it's not really a spoiler <laughs> to talk about them. But it's like, why does he need it? Yeah, what does Akito need a personal assistant for? I mean, he's clearly like Akito's like boy toy. It's, yeah. Is that what he means by personal assistant? When I wrote these notes, I almost wrote personal secretary, and then I had to check it and change it. So, someone probably told Kyo his personal assistant, but like in a nudge, nudge, wink, wink way, and Kyo <laughs> just totally didn't get that. <laughs> oh, he's Akito's personal assistant, and Kyo is like. Yeah. What's it's a like, train? Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, so he just like takes notes and stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, later when we later in this chapter, when she gets to or like the next chapter, I think when she runs, she gets to Karina's house. He's sitting at a huge computer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he needs this giant monitor for. Yeah, I've never been sure what Karina does for a living. Like he seems to like have some kind of like responsibilities in the Soma household, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not I don't really know. sure what they are. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever explained either. It might be explained in like a side note panel, but. I'm not sure what he does for the for yeah. the family. I have headcanon about what he does, but it's, it's not accurate. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I assume they need someone to like manage the money and junk. Don't aren't they rich anyway? I yeah. don't know. I, I'm just saying he's theoretically that's what Kyo says his job is. All I'm saying is mm-hmm. that's what it says in the text. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's in a wink wink nudge nudge or actual way. <laughs> Of course, Kyo wants to know why Toru wants to know, and she's like, he's one of the Zodiacs, so I was curious. Yeah, that's it. And Kyo looks serious and warns her, you shouldn't go nosing around too much in things you don't need to know about. But Kyokun, she thinks, and we transition back to the present. When someone important to me is worried, I can't think that. I can't not try to help. Toru worries that she's being reckless and worries that they're not the same Karenos and worries about having not having insulted anyone and about intruding. And she remembers Uo's rueful smile and clutches her hand back to her chest in determination. If there's even the slightest possibility that the person she wants to see is in there. Toru's distracted by the sound of a violin coming from inside the walls around the Soma compound and wonders who's playing. It sounds a little sad, she thinks. And distracted by the music, she runs into a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Tor frantically follows. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like knocks her to the ground. Too. Yes, she's like fully on the ground. Like how did how is Toru walking so fast? <laughs> As an adult, when there are small children around, I sometimes like, can you just like, I need you to be still because you're below my eye level. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I know this feel. But anyway, yeah, she completely knocks her to the ground, and then Toru frantically apologizes and kneels down, of course, and then realizes that the kid that she ran into was Momo. Michikun's, she starts to say and then stops herself and she remembers that Momo doesn't know that they're related. Onechan, you know Momiji? Momo asks. Did you come to see him? And Toru says yes and Momo realizes that she can't get inside. So Momo leads her to a secret hole in the wall to the Soma estate. And Toru, of course, hesitates to trespass but musters up the courage to sneak in. And Momo explains that she has a friend that she comes to play with inside. And Toru asks if Momo knows Momiji. And Momo explains that they once met at her father's building but forgot that Toru was there as well. <laughs> There's a little note that says, like, forgotten or something. It's really yeah. <laughs> I thought he looked just like Mama, Momiji says, but when my, when I told Mama, she said he didn't look like her. Papa said I can't see him anymore. But I found Momiji's house when I was playing. On that day, he was playing the violin. Momo and Toru come upon Momiji's house, where Momiji is playing a violin at a sliding door. Whenever I can, I come here to watch him. I watch him in secret, Momo says. Toru starts to get upset and asks, you don't talk to him? Uh-uh, Momo says. Papa said not to. Oh, but Oni-chan, you're his friend, right? Momo showed you the way, right? 
So please do Momo a favor, Momo says, grabbing Toru's skirt. Ask Momiji if he'll be Momo's big brother. Toru's taken aback, and she remembers some of Momiji's, um, like, smiles and times that they talked about his painful past together. Momo continues, because he looks just like Mama. Momo wants a big brother to talk and play with. Momo started playing the violin so we could play together. I bet it would be fun. You can see him every day, so ask him, okay? Inside, Momo Momiji finishes playing the violin, and he sets it down. He hears a knock on the window and turns to find Toru upset in the yard. He invites her in and he takes her hand. And he asks how she got in and comments on the dirt on her hands from ca crawling around. Toru doesn't respond. And he cups her cheek and asks what's wrong. She struggles to speak and eventually says, Violin, you play the violin? And Luigi says, yep. I've been slacking off since high school, though, ever since I stopped going to see my teacher. He brushes the dirt off of Toru's skirt also. And Toru asks to his surprise, but you'll still play the violin, right? Luigi explains that Momo wanted to learn, and his teacher is famous, so their father wanted her to learn from the same teacher. But really, Momiji says, Papa is scared of me getting close to Mama and Momo. We see an image of the three of them smiling, and Momiji says, He doesn't want the happiness he worked so hard to rebuild to be destroyed. He doesn't want to be hurt anymore. He's afraid that he'll be hurt if he they see me again. Toru's eyes widen and darken as she thinks of Uo again. But Momo-san wants to see you. Actually, it was Momo-san who brought me here. Momo-san knew about you all this time. All this time, Toru says, dropping her bag and crying. She's been watching you, Momiji-kun. Just like you've always watched over her, Momo-san has been listening to your violin. She says she wants to talk to you. She says she wants to play with you. She wants to know if you'll beat her, her big brother. So it's true, Momiji says. She's been watching me. What should I do? What should I do? I'm so happy, he says, and clasps his hands together, blushing. Toru wonders as she cries. Even though they want to see each other, why? Why can't they see each other? Why can't they let their feelings grow? Momiji looks up and cries what looks like happy tears. Like he looks, he looks happy. Toru, he says, you know my dream? It's to be a violinist. I want to be a violinist and have a small concert and Papa and Mama and Momo will listen to me play. He smiles. Thank you, Momo. You made me so happy. He kneels beside Toru, who's now on her knees on the floor, head in her hands. I'm so happy because there's someone who will cry for me, Momiji says. I want to help, Toru thinks. I want with all my heart to help them, even if I'm told it's not my place to get involved. And Toru tells Momiji that she came to the main house to see Kureno. I have to see him no matter what. And that's where we end chapter 74. Dun -dun. Dun -dun. So sad, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 75 opens immediately where we left off. Um, it opens with Toru's thoughts. I wish, no matter what it takes, with all my heart, that Momiji kun and Momo-san can see each other, and that Uo-chan can reunite with Kureno-san. I like, sorry, I like how she calls her Momo-san. It's really funny to yeah. me. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's very Toru. Because <laughs> normally you wouldn't call a kid San. It's really funny yeah. to me. <laughs> I guess if you don't know them that well, but I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like as an older adult, you wouldn't need to necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. And it is very Toru, yes. <laughs> Momiji asks why Toru wants to see Kureno, and Toru decides that she has to tell Momiji. Toru explains that someone um, knows Kureno, and she's here to see if it's the same Kureno. No, someone named Kureno. Anyway, he asks if she needs to see Kureno for that someone, and Toru explains that no, she wasn't asked. She wants to make sure for herself. Momiji apologizes, and he says that Kureno lives in a mansion farther inside. He says seeing him might be difficult. No, it might only be like the Junishi think like that. Akito told us not to see him, so that's what we do. It might be pretty easy for anyone else to see him. Momiji says he'll go with her, and he worries what would happen if she ran into Akito. Toru smiles a grateful smile, and thanks him for worrying about her, and takes his hands. 
but I mustn't put you in any more trouble. I'll be all right. Besides, you were told not to see him, Toru says. Luigi looks away, disheartened. Later, we just went to Toru sneaking around. Luigi has given her a map. <laughs> she thinks about how thankful she is that he didn't criticize her and that he was worried about her. And then suddenly she has to drop down below a porch to avoid a passing maid within the house. <laughs> her heart pounds and she thinks, I have to have a fighting spirit. And she digs around. Uh, she digs a photo of her mom out of her purse and looks at it. Mom, she thinks, if you're not angry with me for what I'm doing, then please share with me a little of your fighting spirit. She also ties back her hair, which is, means it's serious business time. <laughs> Anyone with long hair knows that. <laughs> Toru finally comes upon a building where she sees Karina working at a computer. As I said, it's a very large monitor. <laughs> <laughs> she calls out to him excitedly, but then two people suddenly pass by, so she has to run off and hide. And everywhere she turns, as she tries to find a place to hide, there are more and more people. Until she finally gets to a suitable place. Unfortunately, kind of far away from where Karina was. Who's there? A voice calls, right beside where Toru is kneeling, hidden, and Toru freezes. She recognizes the voice is Akito's, and soon we see a person in an outfit similar to what Akito wears in the main house kind of step up to the open doorway. As Toru panic wonders what she should do, a hand suddenly rests on her head and pushes her away, and it's Kureno who comes and calls to the person and says that he was just passing by on an errand. And the person reaches out to him in the, kind of a similar way that Akito would, with like two hands out to his face. And says something to him that is speech trouble that we can't read. And Kareno says, no, I need to get back. Akito will be worried. And the person withdraws back into the house. So that isn't Akito-san? Toru wonders. And Kareno excuses himself and then he grabs Toru by the arm as he leaves. So Kareno saved her. <laughs> yeah. Pretty smoothly, too. Yes! <laughs> For someone who would step, wouldn't notice dog crap, he yeah. <laughs> made a pretty smooth, uh, a smooth save from danger. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and, like, dropped all the... The like chip bags, <laughs> like a <Yeah>. laser <laughs> when he bowed. Being <laughs> uh, a star man to the rescue. Yeah, he saved the day. He was a good superhero after <laughs> all. <laughs> Kareno asks what she's doing there and how she got in, and Toru apologizes. If you came in without permission, you can't complain if I had to hand you over to the police, he says. Please wait, she begs. Before you hand me over, listen to what I have to say. Kareno san, do you know Narisa Otani? Kareno drops her hand, shocked, and he remembers Arisa running up to catch up with him. It's him, Toru thinks. This is Uo-chan's Kurino-san. Toru tells him that it seems that Uo really wants to see him. Uo won't talk about him much, but I know it's really bothering her, Toru says. Toru says Uo even changed where she works because she can't see him, and she's been sad, lonely. Kurino remembers Uo running up and grabbing the back of his shirt and her smile. He looks down, expression darkened. I have no intention of seeing her, he says. Toru asks if it's because he's part of the Zodiac, and he says, no, that's not it. I... And then he gets distracted by a bird flying away in the yard. It has nothing to do with you, he says. Um, but Uochan is very dear to me, Toru says, and she rummages in her bag and pulls out a folded piece of paper. This is Uochan's address. I would appreciate it if you would accept it. I don't want to say that you have to contact her, just for tomorrow, because you never know what will happen tomorrow. Toru looks at him, almost pleading, and says, Because when you wake up tomorrow, you might want to see her, and if not tomorrow, maybe the next day, maybe after a year, maybe even ten years. Even so, as long as you live, things keep happening. As long as you're alive, wishes keep being made. So don't give up, she thinks. I'll hide it here, okay? So that no one else will find it, Toru says. And she tucks the paper into a fence and then holds up her hands together. That's all I wanted to say. Karino's like, uh, and then he chuckles and says, unfortunately, I don't have any handcuffs. It's okay, I'll <laughs> let you go. <laughs> like, Toru holds up her hands as she's expecting him to put them in handcuffs, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like there's someone who's worried about you he says, and Toru turns to see that Momiji has come uh, up beside the house where they're standing. 
Now go, Carino says. A girl like you shouldn't be in a place like this. Goodbye, he says as they leave. Back at Momiji's house, Momiji hands her a towel to kind of like wash up, I guess, because she's been crawling around and like hiding in the <laughs> in the grass and stuff around the houses. Tor apologizes for causing him so much trouble and he says he's happy that she told him about Momo. I want to thank you. Hey, someday I'll have a concert just for you, Toru, Moji says, and Toru says that she doesn't know any classical music. He says it's all right. I'll play whatever Toru likes. Ask for anything. What I like, Toru wonders and says, wish, wish upon a star. Toru, you like that one? When you wish upon a star, Momiji asks, and she says, it just came to her, it just came into her head, and if it's not possible on the violin, she'll think of something different. Mm-mm, Momiji says with a soft smile, eyes closed. I'll practice. Later that night, Kyo finds Toru in his spot on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> That's my interpretation of how he felt. It's not how he, what he said. He, he kindly asks what she's doing up there. <laughs> Did you go on an expedition today? He asks. When you came home, your clothes were really dirty. Ah, uh, yes, she says with a solemn face. It was the very least I could do. And Kyo was like, huh? <laughs> it's another good example of Toru's like inner, yeah. inner <laughs> kind of like thoughts <laughs> that become manifested. She asks, looking forlorn, away from Kyo. You'd want to be with the person you love, right? You'd want to be near them, wouldn't you? What, did you fall in love with some guy? Kyo asks, looking down as well. And Toru's like, "Eh, no, that's not it. I'm not talking about myself. Don't worry, he says, closing his eyes. When you do fall in love with someone, I'll cooperate with you. Ah, she says, yes, thank. But then she suddenly starts to cry. And Kyo's like, why are you crying? And she's like, I don't know. For some reason, tears just suddenly started overflowing. Why does... And then she trails off and thinks, why does my heart, why does my heart hurt so much? It's like being torn apart. She remembers Momo, Uo sitting at a desk in the classroom, her mother dead in the hospital, Momiji playing the violin, and Kareno looking out into the night. Is it because my outrageous wish is so disheartening that some wishes don't come true? Even so, I wish. Kyokun, she asks, what do you wish for? For a certain someone to stop crying, he says, reaching out and wiping her tears with his sleeve. <laughs> okay, she says, and then we close on her narration. I wish. That's the end of the chapter. I feel like this is a touching chapter. Mm-hmm. It was very sweet. Very emotional. It is, but very hopeful. Mm-hmm. The chapter is like nominally, the whole series of chapters, both of them is nominally focused on Toru going to talk to Kareno on Uo's behalf. But really, mm-hmm. I feel like the chapter is about Momiji and Toru. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, it's interesting how the kind of, like, the, there's these, there's a couple of things that really focus on them, but kind of, like, I don't know, the actual plot is almost unrelated to <laughs> the kind yeah, of theme. The, like, the, the physical acting. plot versus the emotional plot. Yeah. The, the real yeah. emotional note is not the kind of plot that's happening. The Mission Impossible. Yes. I've been talking about this in... Um, you know, long-time listeners of the spoiler section will have heard me talk about this many times because it's, like, one of my favorite, like, random chapters where she's, like, sneaking around and, like, hiding under the porch and, like, hiding yeah. around corners, Mission Impossible style. <laughs> it's really funny to me. Yeah. I'm like, the someone's Her- need to fix that hole in the fence. They have this whole, yeah. like, compound situation that they keep everybody out and they're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the beginning, I was reading it, I was like, oh, her outfit is so cute. And then, like, a little way <laughs> later, I'm like, she did not plan well for sneaking. No. Oh, well, I think she didn't expect to sneak. I think she I expected, think she expected to, to, um... <laughs> She expected to walk up and be like super formal. So, yeah, I love how I didn't notice until. Please, sir, can I speak to Karina? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
I love how um, the scene with Momiji, I didn't notice till like I, because basically like when I write these notes, I read through it just to be like, oh, that's nice and like enjoy it. And then I read through it to write the notes. And I didn't notice mm-hmm. until the second time that he like leans down and brushes dirt off of her skirt after yeah. she sneaks in. <laughs> it was very sweet. All their interactions are really cute in this chapter. It's very intimate. They have a very intimate relationship as opposed to many other people, even... Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyo, Kyo and Toru have this developing relationship that we're seeing now very clearly. He reaches out and touches her face, but also Momiji does too. I think I mentioned this in passing before, but one thing I like about like Momiji and Toru's relationship is like in a series full of people with very understandable touch issues. Yes. Um, Momiji and Toru are very physically affectionate with each other, which they is are. sweet. Like they're always like holding hands and leaning on each other and hugging, even though it turns Momiji into a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Momiji initiates all of the, the hugging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Luigi needs clearly needs affection. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this scene. I used to. There's a lot of. Um, I remember we we read the chapter about Momiji's kind of like backstory that's really early on mm-hmm. uh, about his mother wanting to forget him and his dad's actions. There's a scene where his dad's hugging him and is like, "It's okay, like I'll love you and whatever," mm-hmm. and being like, "Well, at least he's trying." Like remember we yeah. <laughs> kind of talked about it. Like, oh, it's a hard decision to make and blah blah. blah. And then yeah. in this scene. He's, like, clearly acting like he doesn't want to be there and completely cutting off, like, Momiji's, you know, mm-hmm. creative outlet. Yeah. So he just it's seems inter- like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like, you can kind of, like, you can understand his perspective. And yeah. he like, seems like, like, he feels guilty toward Momiji, but, like, not enough to be a better dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but <laughs> Not enough for It's, like, it's kind of interesting because it's, like, you know, before this chapter, it's, like, he obviously got, like, a famous violinist to teach momiji yeah but then like but now he's like oh, i want when that it, famous when violinist that conflicts before. yeah when that conflicts <laughs> with his desire to keep his other little happy family he's willing to you know cut that off find another but... famous teacher for momo what the hell there's yeah. probably a bunch of famous violinists <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or just find a regular one she's like three how old is she yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have the right to say all this because I played the viola for many years. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun fact about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's crazy. It's like just yeah. So he he takes at a at a very important time in Momiji's life. Momiji's like, I want to I want to ha- play violin and I want to have a concert mm-hmm. and I want to do all these things. And then his dad is just like, I want this for my my real family, not you. You know. Yeah. It's very <laughs> um. It's uh, makes him less much less sympathetic character. I think. Yeah. Than the first time we met him. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the impression that, like, he did have, like, the best intentions when this whole thing started. Because we're talking about, like, it's not an easy decision to make, like, mm-hmm. back when he when that whole flashback chapter happened. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as he, you know, it's gotten, like, probably worse and worse in the case of his relationship to Momiji. Totally. And, like, the older, you know, he, at first he didn't have Momo, right? Like, mm-hmm. Momo's appears to be well when we met her the first time she was like a little little kid right like she was clinging mm-hmm. to her mom she was like maybe three or four or something like that it yeah. seemed i don't think momiji said how old she is i can't remember yeah but she's pretty young she's pretty young definitely but then he was talking she's... about her like not being very good at like japanese and that's stuff. right like, yeah mm-hmm. so i assume she wasn't really in school or whatever but then um, mm-hmm. now it's been the series we're like two years into the series or something so she's a bit older like, she obviously, they let her out to go to her friend's house on her own, which is mm-hmm. just a byproduct of the 90s, I guess. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. They let her go to the main house, I guess, by herself. So she's old enough to be by herself. So she's old yeah. enough to want to do these things. And now her their father is, I guess, trying to... Maybe the relationship is different now because she's older. She has things that she wants to do. and Yeah. I feel like it might have been, like, like, at the time of the flashback, he was like, well, I have to do this and it'll be like... 
you know, save the mother's life because she's obviously suicidal Mm -hmm. and, you know, keep Momiji separate, but it'll still be his father and it'll be fine. But then, like, when, like, you know, he was able to rebuild a family with Momo coming along, so... Mm -hmm. You know, now Momiji's more of a threat to that other family than yeah. being part of his family. So Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's the case. That's mm-hmm. what we're seeing in this chapter, I think. Yeah. Which is depressing. And then Momiji is like, oh, he probably just doesn't want me to ruin his happiness, mm-hmm. which is like... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, we were talk- you, t- you talked about this being like these being like hopeful chapters in the end, and it's like just how positive both Momiji and Toru managed to be about all this is... Mm-hmm. Especially Momiji, like his positivity and these in, in reaction to these events is like incredible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting the things that Toru thinks about. There's this one scene um, where she remembers all these things. I think it's when Momo says that she wants to be Momiji to be her brother. Oh, I have to look it up actually. But she has these um, memories of Momiji, and it's like basically all the times that he did things like like that, where he like talked about mm-hmm. his kind of you know, the sad things in his life and how he hopes there's three images of Momiji. I'm still trying to find the it. first one is when he, the first one is when he's talking about Momo and talking about how cute she is. So it's like right before the I recognize that one. I'm not sure about mm. the middle picture though. That one looks like I don't know exactly, but I think it's talking about his mother. It could be from the same mm-hmm. scene where he says a secret. He kind of looks sort of wistfully away. Mm-hmm. The middle panel looks like it looks like it's a slightly more modern drawing in Takaya's style. So I'm not sure if it's from the same chapter or not, but I don't remember. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like, from the beach. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that one is from. For mm-hmm. anyone who's curious, we're talking about... So if you have the old Tokyo Pop version, it's volume 13, which is the one with Rin, and then it's page, like, 90... <laughs> two, 92? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's right when, um... Yeah, right when Momo asks if Momiji will be her big brother. She asked mm-hmm. Koru to ask if Momiji will be her big brother. Yeah. But yeah, it's those kind of, like, key scenes that are all the same sort of like they show Mm -hmm. the same outlook that Momiji has in life that this sort of that he can be hopeful in the face of all these painful things yeah but like that whole part when like Toru is talking telling him about like Momo wanting to get to know him and everything and he has these like you know eyes wide shocked expressions but then like when he finally reacts to it he's like what should I do I'm so happy happy. yeah (laughs) and Toru's like sobbing yeah (laughs) already (laughs) She's so sad about the whole, about how they can't be together. Mm-hmm. Omiji is so hopeful. He's yeah. like, maybe, like, maybe there's something there. Like, the way he cries, yeah, this, he looks it looks like, like happy he looks like joyful, tears to me. Like, like he looks up. Mm-hmm. Elated, he looks Yeah, like. and, like, you understand, like, coming from Tori's perspective, you're like, this is so sad. But, like, if you think about Momiji's perspective, he was thinking, like, there's nothing there. He's just got to be separate from this. But this is showing, like, oh, Momo wants to get to know me. Yeah. Like, there's something. It has to be exciting for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's something between them. They've never been able to meet. They only, it turns out, what's revealed is that they only met that mm-hmm. one time that we saw where they met in the office building. That's the only time they've yeah. technically been allowed to see each other. And then we, Momo's yeah. been coming and he'd been watching over watching him. Momo and his mother before, so. Yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah. But very sad. <laughs> it's very poignant. <laughs> Tori's perspective on it is interesting, on that kind of, those things is interesting too, because she has this, when she's thinking about, um, there's, so the other time that there's kind of like a sequence of other people is when, and I guess when she's talking to Kyo Yeah, on the like roof. the very end. <laughs> yeah. When she's talking on to Kyo on the roof, yeah, at the very end, and she starts to cry, and she says, um, she wonders why, why she feels so upset, 
I guess. And it's like, is it because my, my wish is outrageous? And she sees Momo and Uo. And then she sees her mother, the mm-hmm. memory of her in the hospital. Yeah, that's kind of a, dead. that's a gut punch, that memory with her. I know that some wishes don't come true. Yes, that was, <laughs> yeah. um, it was really harsh <laughs> touch in this chapter where it's like, for Momiji's perspective, he's, you know, Toru's like, why can't they be together when they have this chance? When they're so close together, she says something like that. Mm-hmm. It's specifically written in her dialogue. And then in her memory, she's like, I know that some, some wishes can't come true. Momiji, on the other hand, is kind yeah. of still hopeful about it yeah Taurus really is interesting because she's like she still has that hopefulness like she has the whole speech about like you never know what'll happen tomorrow and like as long as you're still alive things keep happening mm-hmm. um but she has that kind of like niggling doubt that comes through at the end that's kind of interesting it's almost like a more i think i don't know if it's just their personalities or if it's just like a more mm-hmm. mature sort of like perspective that she has i don't know actually i think it is just their their experiences because momiji had all of this trauma and yeah this... i was gonna say technically things have only gotten better for momiji yeah <laughs> 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 it was downhill right at the beginning yeah. and it's only gone better <laughs> whereas Toru is trying to is embarking on this endeavor to bring Ooh and Kareno together while there's still time like as if yeah. as if you know you never know when something bad can happen and Luigi's like you never know when something good can happen yeah. I guess like it's an interesting it's interesting to compare them that way mm-hmm. We're, they're shown a lot as being like very similar mm-hmm. in this chapter there's very subtle differences between them that come yeah. out I think in the way they act which is interesting yeah, I feel like Tori right now, too, is especially sensitive to, like, time. Yeah. Like, having just come off of, like, learning about, like, Kyo's impending confinement and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that at the end of the, these two chapters, you have this conversation with Kyo. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think she might be more hopeful if she wasn't thinking, like, about, like, just the, like, forward march of time and how that can be, you know, both a positive and negative thing, so. Yeah, that's true. They all just had their um, worries in the parent-teacher conference chapters too. Yeah, so they're all whole thoughts all of the future and everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely coloring the six things that we're seeing in this chapter as well. Mm-hmm. I have a note in my notes that just says Karino. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> He's a superhero. A yeah, it turns out <laughs> the world's worst superhero. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting chapter for Karino because it's kind of a middle point between the two versions of him we've seen, mm-hmm. like the kind of like ditzy guy we saw Uo fall in love with and then the like serious barely talking like shadow to Akito during yeah. the beach arc yeah Toru's description of him isn't wrong yeah <laughs> that's why it's really funny <laughs> but Uo's isn't either yeah <laughs> I think Kurino was kind of in a different situation when he met Uo he's basically given up we saw this kind of like development up to the beach where you know, when Uo confessed, or, or not confessed, she kind of, like, yelled at him. I guess it's a confession. Mm-hmm. Very angry confession. <laughs> in, her, in her case, yes. <laughs> and he was just, like, he just, like, walked off all sadly. Like, they won't, you know, um, interjectedly, mm-hmm. realizing that they'll never be able to be together. And he's kind of, like, receded into this shell all the time we saw him at the beach has been since that time. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It's not like he's completely incapable mm-hmm. since he rescued Toru. <laughs> yeah from like, someone finding her <laughs> yeah i think the, like that timeline of events is kind of like he went out into the world and you know met uo and had kind of this chance to maybe break away from the somas but instead decided to kind of rededicate himself to it at the end mm-hmm. but then in this chapter he's kind of reminded of that you know what's out there kind of thing so yeah it's not like he responded negatively he's like i'll never see her again but yeah. he wasn't outright like you know when Tori was like there still there still could be Hope. He keeps thinking about her. He thought of, he remembered the time that she ran to him. Yeah. That Uo ran to him. Yeah. I like so. the scene when 
when Toru says her name and he like reacts so strongly, <laughs> thing- it's a really good it's great indicator of you know that's obviously not as behind him as he'd like it to be mm-hmm. i like how the first thing he remembers is her feet running mm-hmm. it's like this <laughs> and then her smile and grabbing his shirt is cute yeah it's very sweet yeah and then we see a bit of that like slightly sillier kinder side again at the end of the conversation <laughs> also like to her putting her hands yeah up <laughs> she's so serious <laughs> she's always so earnest yeah she takes everything so seriously <laughs> yes well, he, he did, th- like, threaten her, basically. Yeah. It probably sounded like a serious threat. It's hard to tell in the yeah. in the writing, but then later he's like, he laughs, you're right, and he's like, oh, I don't have any handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And he decides to let her go without any punishment, so. Yeah. Oh, there's an interesting um, conversation that Momiji had about Kareno. So, both, so, Toru does a couple of things. We learned more about Kareno than I think is obvious at first in these chapters it Mm -hmm. seems like he's the same or maybe he's slightly different than the beach or slightly you know kind of in between the beach and the convenience store (laughs) time that we saw but like you said but we also learned a couple things about him from kyo and from omiji so we joked Mm -hmm. earlier about him being (laughs) akito's personal secretary but he he has some kind of close job within the soma family where he's required to be around akito all the time which we definitely saw like we saw that he was always at akito's side but it did seem like more like they were just I don't know, like companions rather than some kind of professional position. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's at a computer means he's a f- professional, right? Like that's how yeah, it works. <laughs> he's, yeah. And he does say he has to like run errands. That he's in the middle of running errands when he uh, when he swoops in to save Toru. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he obviously by day he's a personal assistant. By night he's a <laughs> <Yes>. store man. <laughs> uh, but so we learned that from. Kyo, and then we also list off something from Momiji, or at least what I think is interesting, which is that Momiji says, he's like, oh, you know, Toru says she wants to see Kareno, and Momiji's like, sorry, he lives really deep in the family, and it might be difficult to see. And then he's like, no, it might only be the Junishi who think that, because Akito told them so. Mm-hmm. So we know that Akito has this, like, control over the Junishi, and we saw how isolated Kareno was, and we saw all these times, like, at the beach house that everybody was kind of avoiding Kareno and saying they didn't know that much about him. So now I guess we kind of know why. I don't know if it was revealed before, but Muiji says that Akito told them to avoid yeah. seeing them. And we kind of saw, I guess we saw from the opposite side, we saw Akito being like, oh, Kareno, you're like, you know, you're not like the rest of the Junishi. Like, you're different from them. Like, you can't go be with them. Yeah. I want to keep you from them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it was just the way that Momiji says it is an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. We've seen the way that Akito has control over them. Yeah. And, Momichi says, like, well, you might be able to get close to him. Yeah, the way he's kind of, like, surprised at that idea where he's like, oh, maybe it's just us, like. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was very, like, self-reflective. It's interesting. One little line that's really interesting um, to look at. Mm -hmm. We haven't really seen anybody else do things like that. They all just kind of, in some ways, they still accept a lot of the things. Well, we saw Yuki being like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not true. Yeah. And Haru. But more so with Akito. Yeah. But we, not with, yeah, like, we've seen things. this is a really recent thing for, like, any of them to start thinking mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Post-speech. Yeah. Post-speech world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living in a post-speech world. <laughs> I'm a post-speech girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's another reference that nobody <laughs> listens to the song yet. <laughs> no one's covered that song yet, right? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, you know, cover perfection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Material. <laughs> I mean, sorry <laughs> to cover <laughs> No comment. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, very good. Okay. <laughs> I think, is that everything we can say about Kareno? I think right now probably. it probably is. Yeah. Um, we about Sakito's PA. He's got a computer. Yeah. He's a superhero. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> That's what we learned in this chapter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> Oh, and we just had Kyoto's like shippy moment. That's important to talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have things to say about that? Because that's gonna... no, I just that okay. it's cute, and I, yeah. I like that scene a lot. It's also it one of my cute. favorite scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sweet. I was gonna make one more comment about the sure. like thing with Momiji and the violin is kind of interesting because like, oh yeah, I completely forget about that yeah. sometimes. Because <laughs> like we don't see a lot of like personal passions among the zodiacs. <laughs> no, just Kyo and his like karate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of interesting to see him like like that's something that he's like apparently good at and passionate about and mm-hmm. pursuing. Yeah, and Yuki's like gardening. I was just trying to think of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny how uh, Ritsu is like I'm not talented like the rest of the Junichi, yeah. whatever. But it's like we don't see that many of them with other talents either, mm-hmm. other than breaking Shigure's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like I guess so far we've seen a bunch of them are into like martial arts, but not that many of them are into like other kind of yeah things like that yeah and the martial arts thing is even like seems to be just kind of a standard like oh well we don't know what else to do with these angry kids kind of thing because <laughs> like we treat even them s- like humans yeah because <laughs> you see yuki like in that thing way back when tour like asked if he enjoyed <laughs> martial arts and he's like did i did i yeah <laughs> yes i had a lot of questions about that that i raised yeah <laughs> that still haven't been answered mm-hmm. I'm like i don't know did he did he do it we'll yeah. never find out i don't think but yeah, mm-hmm. it was interesting. He's like, did I did I like this? I don't know. Yeah, it was an interesting tidbit that was thrown in. It's just so somewhat boring chapter. I remember. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like he's have like like Sugar is a writer, but we don't really get any like indication of like that he's really passionate about it, rather than it just being a, passionate about a nice a nice career <laughs> that's easy for him to laze about and do. It seems like that. Yeah, and we he have has passion for tormenting Michan. <laughs> yeah, um, and we have Ayame with his shop, which he's obviously passionate right. about. But um, even that shown is something that, like, he had to kind of discover later down the line on his own. The whole thing about, yeah. like, creating something that wouldn't be there without him and everything that he shares with Yuki. Yeah. I think we had a long discussion one time about how Momiji is the most emotionally mature of yeah. all the Zodiac. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe finding the thing you're passionate about is something that makes you kind of more emotionally mature. Yeah. And, like, everything else we see is, like, pretty tentative or, like, Yuki and his gardening and... Mm-hmm. Even Kyo in the martial arts to some degree. Like he yeah, feels he, like, so he feels like kind of embarrassed about embracing that passion sometimes. Yeah, it seems like that's true. We also, Momiji told us what his dream is. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think in the parent teacher conference chapters, I didn't go back and look it up, but he had said, uh, like, I have dreams, or, but I can't remember if he said it exactly, or they were talking yeah, about all the things they want to do. And... Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he said something like, I have a dream, but I'm not sure if I can accomplish it or something. Yeah, like He said so, that, like, words so we almost learned exactly what his, like that. Yeah, it is almost exactly like that. We learned what his dream is, which is mm-hmm. that he wants to have a concert for his family. We talked about it in the... Me and you talked about it in the spoilers. Yeah. So now we know what that is in the non-spoiler talk. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so sad, heart-wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the most... I feel like making music is such a, um, you know, like, an emotional thing to do to be it's such a creative expression that requires so much of your Mm -hmm. your feeling and your passion and then his goal is to express that to his family but Mm -hmm. then at this in this chapter we have his father who's like pushing him away from that 
being able to do that yeah. and also having just be, having access to his family like it's so such a it seems like such an unattainable mm-hmm. dream it's very <laughs> there's something very sad and poignant about it yeah it's also sweet that he says he's gonna do a concert just for toru because he's like <laughs> so grateful to her at the end of the chapter <laughs> And she asked for Wish Upon a Star, yeah. which is very sweet. Is it the same song in the Japanese version? Um, let me check. <laughs> yeah, Hoshi Ninegai wo Wish Upon a Star. Yep. <laughs> I just googled Wish Upon a Star Japanese. <laughs> yeah, you did it right. <laughs> yeah, when you wish upon a star. Yeah, so that's what it's called in Japanese. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, today we learned. <laughs> yeah, so she asked for that song, and it's very sweet. And he says he'll have a concert for her. It's an interesting dimension to Omuji's character to have him play a musical instrument, I think. Mm-hmm. It um, seems fitting, I guess. Yeah. It's a kind of like artistic, emotional pursuit that seems like he would have. <laughs> I think so. You have to be someone who can like recreate emotion when you're producing something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Muji has the kind of character who has the emotional capacity to do that, whereas like others don't. Like Yuki says that he... He wants to be someone who can, like, experience his emotions, and we still haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. As opposed to someone like Momiji, who I think can. Yeah. So, uh, so poignant. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's so hopeful. It's like, I yeah. remember reading this and being like, wow, that's so sad. But then at the end, you're kind of like, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's somehow very reassuring. Mm-hmm. So it was a hopeful kind of chapter overall. Whereas, as opposed to some of the chapters you read, and you're like, that was sad, and I'm going to be sad for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like the Hattori ones or something. Yeah. Like, they're not very hopeful. You're just like, well, that was the end of that memory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. I don't know. That's probably everything that's not spoilery. We yeah. think we haven't talked about spoilers yet, so yeah, we should do that. I do want to specifically note you said about the you know cute chippy scene with Kyo and Toru mm-hmm. at the end. I specifically note that it's another rooftop meeting, which we haven't had in a while. Yeah, nobody's needed to use the safe spaces yeah. for a while. <laughs> there hasn't the last scene in Yuki's garden was with Ayame before the beach arc, I think. Mm-hmm. And the last scene on the I don't even know when the last scene on the roof was. Yeah, was he even up on the roof? He didn't go up to the roof after like he like had the thing with Kagura either. No, as far as we know, mm-hmm. probably also before the beach then. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long time. It's interesting that it's like Toru who goes up there first this time and Kyo finds her. (laughs) And I think in the past it's been the other way around. The other way around, yeah. The other times we saw it. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's a good place to be by yourself, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It seems like, I guess it's something she doesn't typically need. I guess it's also interesting because it's a manifestation of Toru's kind of growing insecurity. Like we see her in more and more vulnerable kind of situations Mm -hmm. than we used to, I think. Like, it used to be, like, everything's fine. Like, I'm yeah. on my own, and I'm going to be fine. Now it's, like, I don't know if things are going to be fine. I yeah. need to make the best, make the most of what I can do right now, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of perspective. So maybe there's more anxiety there. We see her going up to the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Most importantly of all, though, it should be. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. We haven't seen a scene with, like, other than the one with... um when Yuki was telling her about the flowers and the like and the minor stuff that we saw in the last chapter, there hasn't been a scene, a significant scene with Yuki and Toru in a long time, mm-hmm. I don't think. The other most recent ones I can think of are the ones when like Rin was there. Yeah. When, when Toru almost got horse kicked by Rin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like I mean, it's they had, been a while. I think they had a little bit of a moment like when 
Yuki got like a fever at the beach, but yeah, it's true. But not as much of one as we've seen in the past. Yuki's been uh, mostly just... having internal moments, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how else to describe it. Okay. <laughs> he has internal moments a lot. I think that's yeah. what you said, right? <laughs> he does. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's narration at the beginning of this chapter last time. That means that it's Yuki chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Toru's narration in this is really funny. I didn't dig too much into it in Japanese, so I don't know if it's just the way they translated it, but it's it's funny because it's like, and now I'm at the Soma house. There's this like really funny, like um, almost like fourth wall breaking in it. Yeah. Like, I bet you're wondering why I'm at the Soma house. Well, let yeah. me tell you. And then it goes into a flashback. Yeah. And then after the flashback, it's like, and now I'm here. Like, we haven't seen that. In the, I don't know if we've ever seen that. I think we've actually. had a couple of times with Toru doing that. Where she's like, we're like, they start in the middle of a scene. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, how this happened a couple of days ago. Like, I know, like, yeah. like when her friends come over. That's right. The first yeah. time she does something like that. But I feel like there's so, been other times. Sometimes they'll be like, and now it's time for the school festival. Or yeah. like, now summer break is over and we're back in school. I think that happened at the after the beach as well. Mm-hmm. Toru is sometimes the narr- voice of the narrator in yeah. general in the story, which is funny. <laughs> I like how in the beginning of the chapter, um, it was like, and now I'm at the summer house, and now is my chance, or whatever, and now I attack, and yeah. she like tries to hit the intercom thing and then fails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny this like that style of thinking is like in her inner monologue, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I thought was really cute was her like asking for her mom to grant her some of her fighting spirit oh yeah we didn't talk about that yeah oh so important (laughs) yeah that was cute i also liked how tori was so prepared her bag she Mm -hmm. digs around her bag and pulls out a photo and then she has like a hair tie and then she digs around her bag and pulls out a pre-folded piece of paper with uz address on it (laughs) i was like oh you're very prepared for this like sneaking mission that you had yeah just not in your outfit (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it was very sweet she and she hasn't talked about her mom in a long time either. We haven't mm-hmm. seen a, like, Toru mom situation. This is, It was kind of interesting because she was like, if you, you know, if you're okay with what I'm doing, then lend me some of your fighting spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, she almost sort of asked for permission, but was sort of like, but I'm doing this anyway because yeah. it's important. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a, I would say it's a little bit of growth for her. Yeah. Because um, in the past, I feel like we've seen her be like, mom, what should I do? Like, mom, everyone's turning into animals. What yeah. should I do? You know, like at the beginning. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think Kyoko would have approved of her yeah. sneaking in for Uo's, on Uo's behalf. Yeah, as you say, it's like, oh, she's her mother's daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think she is her mother's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> they just live very different lives. Yeah. She's definitely got the pluck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she has chutzpah. chutzpah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> as I said before, gumsha is my other <laughs> phrase that I like to say. <laughs> Anyway, it's a good time. Okay, good. <laughs> I, think, I think we talked about everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next time, we'll talk about chapter 74 and 75. Um, no, we just nope. did that. <laughs> we'll talk about... I have to edit that one. Next time, we'll talk about chapter 76 and 77. <laughs> talk about the same thing again. That might get boring. Although it was yeah. kind of fun this time. <laughs> She's going to keep talking about chapter 74 and 75 over and over again. I love when she sneaks into the, <laughs> into the main house and almost gets handcuffed by Kareo. <laughs> uh, all right, next time we're going to talk about 76 and 77. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, 
We're about to talk about spoilers for chapters 74 and 75. Hey, kids, want to buy a watch? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when... <laughs> I think it would be funny if Karina had handcuffs. Like, why would he have handcuffs? Why yeah. would she sus- expect that? It's very strange. <laughs> He's the security guard. Maybe that's what he means to be Akito's personal assistant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Should we talk about spoilers? Spoilers. <laughs> Talk about a small one first. Okay. Momiji's getting taller. I know! <laughs> he was like over Toru's head height mm-hmm. when he touches her face. I was like, wow, so tall now. <laughs> He's about to have his like Bishonen growth spurt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny moment. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> when he starts wearing the like, um, the like boys uniform and everybody's like oh Mobiji like sweet yeah. like oh Mr. Darcy <laughs> style <Yes. laughs> there's another small spoiler I guess which is like the bird the moment with the bird mm-hmm. yeah where uh, they're walking through the thing I mean I classified as a small spoiler because he just seems like it seems like just a distraction but of course it's alluding to his the yeah. fact that Tor is like well yeah it comes right his... after her saying like is it because you're part of the zodiac and he's like no that's not it no yeah, and then he's like, oh, wait, 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 uh, I need to cover this up. Yeah. <laughs> not not because of that. But yeah, of course. Has mm-hmm. to, it's, it's um, I guess, a spoiler for him not being cursed anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a little sad in retrospect, too, with the watching the bird fly away, because I know, like, in the scene where he's talking about not being cursed anymore, one thing he says is, like, I can't fly anymore. Can't fly anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also when he's saying, like, I'll I'll never see her again, like, as if he'll never leave yeah. again. Well, wait, the other big spoiler yeah. <laughs> was when, um, or, like, one other spoiler is when uh, the person that re- was in the house was Ren, right? Yeah. It's kind of a combo spoiler. Cause, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> the identity of the person is a spoiler, because we later learn it's Ren, who's Akito's yeah. mother. And also the fact that Toru thinks it's Akito by the voice. Yeah. It's kind of a spoiler that for, you know, the Akito reveal. <coughs> yeah. And also, I guess that they're related or whatever, but. I yeah. Mean, Both of the Akito yeah, it reveals, is a... but yeah, the fact that. Yes. <laughs> Toru mistakes, you know, Akito's mother's voice for voice Akito's for voice. voice. Yeah. 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 I thought that was really interesting. I didn't remember this part. Um, mm-hmm. And it was also terrifying, which was great. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't move. Don't move. Yeah. <laughs> she won't see you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also kind of spoilers for the whole conflict with Akito and Ren, where Ren keeps trying to, like, I don't know, get her hands all over the Zodiac boys. Yeah, <laughs> Take all of Akito's harem away from her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that, it definitely seemed like an Akito scene, if you didn't know any better, where with mm-hmm. the way that Ren reaches out her hands. And I don't know what it is that Ren says to him, but he's like, oh, no, I can't. I have to go back to Akito. Yeah. So there's like a little speech bubble that's just like little lines in it. Like you can't actually mm-hmm. tell. You're not meant to know what it is. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that Karina was like, no, I got to go. Like, <laughs> I yeah. think it might have been awkward for him to be there too. Mm-hmm. Like he says, no, Akito must be, uh, I'm speaking, Akito will be worried. And then you see the, like Ren's hands kind of like pull, like recoil or like drop. Yeah. Um, Like it's a, it's like an awkward conversation between them, yeah. I guess. Yeah. There's something about the body language that makes it seem like that to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, slash, I know what's going yeah. to happen, but but even just in that instant, it's kind of interesting. So, yeah, that was an interesting spoiler. I wasn't expecting that either. Mm-hmm. I really wish there was a scene. There, there is no um, 
this is a non-spoiler, I guess, but there's never a time where Momiji plays his violin again. It, like, never comes back, Yeah, I think. And I really wish that there was more of it, but I think there's just not time in the series, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish we did get to see the concert Yeah, uh, when he plays Wish Upon a Star. I feel like it would be heart-wrenching. Think mm-hmm. about how great it would be. So much yeah. drama. <laughs> yeah. I just like seeing characters, like, pursue their passions anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Well, Michi's just such a passionate character in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so sad that mm-hmm. he can't, he can't, he can't continue, or like he feels like he can't continue. I, mean, I guess he could get another teacher, but yeah, get Momo another teacher. We already, yeah. we already winched about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like how, like how he kind of forces himself to be kind of blasé about it. He's like, oh, I've been slacking since I stopped going to my teacher. Like, it's just like a mm-hmm. choice he made, or he just not have the time, or whatever. Yeah, he has this kind of in the flashback. At first, he looks like shocked, and then he's kind of just like, oh well, like yeah, I guess that's how it's gonna be. to it, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he acts like that when Toru talks to him about it. Mm-hmm. But maybe the fact that Momo said that she wants to play violin with him renewed his desire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we see him playing at the end of the chapter, which I guess is like in Toru's memory. But it could be one of those like mixed scenes where it's like someone thinking about somebody else and we see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always interpret it as him practicing for. To play Wish Upon a to Star. To play Wish Upon a Star, yeah. I wonder if I could play Wish Upon a Star. Maybe. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know most of the words. Just the first one. Wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. (laughs) Anything your heart desires. I think that's all I know. (laughs) To you. (laughs) I'm looking at the lyrics because we (laughs) played the song earlier. I know there's like if your heart is in your dream no request is too extreme yeah I was like there's like no request is too extreme <laughs> is that actually from um from Pinocchio uh yeah it is it is from Pinocchio mm-hmm. yeah that's right when you wish upon a star's dream is due fate is kind she brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing like a bolt out of the blue fate steps in and sees you through when you <laughs> wish upon a star your dreams come true <laughs> it is an appropriate song for this <laughs> chapter yeah <laughs> So wait, are there, any, are there any other spoilers for Furuba? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. We talked about Momiji. There's no, there's no like resolution in the story of Momiji and Momo, basically. I mm-hmm. guess is what I was trying to get at before when I said like they never, <laughs> Momiji never has a concert and this never, this stuff never happens. It's not resolved yeah. in the story. Um, I don't think there's even a scene with his like dad again. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. I haven't read much uh, Fruits Basket another. Do they have? Do we have any Momiji in that one? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I've only read a couple volumes, yeah. and it mostly focused on the other mm-hmm. people's kids. Yeah, it's okay. That's why we have fan fiction. Yeah, basically. I was. <laughs> I wonder if anything would happen if, like, uh, they met, like, Momiji met his mother again. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, non-cursed. I wonder if it would be okay, yeah. but it probably wouldn't be okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we do have that last scene when he, like, talks to his mother after he's been oh, yeah. the curse. That's right. Mm-hmm. But still, no resolution with Momo, so. Yeah. That's fine. I have to assume they managed to meet and develop a relationship. I would assume <laughs> in, at some point In a post-Zodiac world, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, eventually she, she would be, like, a, 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 like a youth, an older mm-hmm. child or, like, an, an yeah. adult. Nothing can stop her then. Mm-hmm. So... She might eventually have a relationship with him, regardless of what the parents yeah. want. 
but that's all speculation. Mm -hmm. That's what the fanfic is for. Yes. (laughs) Give them the happy ending we never saw. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever ending you want, really. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Can't remember if we actually... I was scrolling through a list of some Power Rangers characters, and I saw one that says, like, he wears metal armor that is said to be a mix between a blueberry and a warthog. What? (laughs) (laughs) I found a good video that was, like, Power Rangers in five minutes. I can send it to you later if you want for your personal (laughs) reference. (laughs) That, like, explained the first season of Power Rangers. I was like, oh, good, I would never have remembered any of this crap without it. (laughs) Here's a, um character description of Rita Repulsa though yes <laughs> most discernible by her two pointed hair cones one may also recognize her by her screeching voice Matana like cone bra and obnoxious <laughs> attitude <laughs> oh good now I know how to find her in the show <laughs> is it because my outrageous wish is so disheartening that some that I know that some dishes some dishes well, that I know that <laughs> that I know that some wishes <laughs> Dishes don't come true. Some dishes don't come true. The, the dreams that you dish will come true. <laughs> that some wishes don't come true. <laughs> okay, she says, and then we close on her narration. I wish. That's the end of the chapter. I wish to go to the King's Festival. <laughs> Is that a reference to something? <laughs> the opening song of uh, Into the Woods goes like, has the characters going, I wish. So... <laughs> Good. I'm not familiar with that musical. You're, you're going to have to make all the bad jokes around that. You should watch it. It's a Sondheim <coughs> musical, so you know it's good. I know that it's good. I've just never seen it. <laughs> Plus, it's a movie now. Can't wait to edit all of that other stuff that we talked about out. <laughs> <laughs> On a completely unrelated note, I'm really happy that someone faved my Momichi Toru. <laughs> I was like, yay! It's my once a year fave. <laughs> holidays to me. <laughs> Oh, I, so I just requested pleased. them in another exchange. Oh, good. <laughs> Do we write you write it, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write the Wish Upon a Star concert. And yeah. It turns into a like makeout session. Yes. <laughs> Sexy Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that that would be like? <laughs> he plays instead of like a traditional version. It's like smooth jazz violin. <laughs> And then he has like lounge an music, yeah, like a saxophonist. Like a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tori's like, wait, what is this? And it just turns into a... oh, what the heck is that song? <laughs> Careless Whisper. <laughs> oh, it's George Michael. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it turns into Careless Whisper. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait, where am I? It actually turns into like an Old Spice commercial, and he's like, the violin yeah. is now champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> He's like, I'm on a horse. And Rin's like, get the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the fanfic that we need in our lives. 